Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 232 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. For the drill of the week, we're going to talk about the on-table warm-up and how to make the most of this time. We're going to update you on the Power of Practice Challenge and the World Championships. In the questions, we talk about how to remain confident when you start missing some shots, how to deal with a higher backspin ball, how tournaments help you improve, how to stay motivated, and the slow, spinny topspin. Yes, it's a big show. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Aloys Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Aloys. Morning, Jeff, and uh, how are you this morning? Yes, I'm very good, thank you. Um, Yeah, things are going well. Um, I think we should jump straight into the Power of Practice Challenge, Aloys. Um, I see you've posted your first video. Yes, I had my first uh, five-minute training session yesterday. So uh, I'm doing the spin catcher where you spin the ball up and and catch it. Um, A little bit better than I actually expected um, for the first first time. Um, Yeah, but I haven't got it at all, like, you know. So uh, I think it's going to take me the full month to, to get some skill with that so yeah let's see how uh let's let us see the power of practice absolutely it looks like a really difficult skill alloy so um you did actually make a, a catch or two there so that that's a good start yeah but then that's the bit that surprised me but then you know it reverted back and um yeah they were bouncing off again so um yeah anyway let's let's see uh, yeah today is another day funny. The against the side of the table, I'm going pretty well. Like, I'm really surprised. And it was kind of funny because at the start in the first session, I was missing the side of the table just a lot. But then something just sort of clicked, and now I can still miss the, ta- the side pretty easy, but I can get into these periods where I can just keep going for quite a long time. And it seems it's almost more concentration that I need to keep going to keep progressing. But, yeah, something kind of just clicked. The other thing I found really fascinating in your video, Alice, was um, you were like, is that the five minutes already? The time seemed to go really quickly for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, thought, I thought it was like two minutes and uh, Matt said, no, nah, five minutes. So I thought, well, really? Okay. What there about you for you? Does, does the yeah, time go really, fast? Yeah, time goes really fast, really quick. Yeah, absolutely. The, the other thing I noticed was a little comment towards the end. You seem to be getting a little bit frustrated at the end. Yeah. Like, because, yeah, the, sort of like the skill improved a bit, you know, like I felt, wow, I've got it, I've got it. But then, yeah, I didn't have it at all. Um, so, <laughs> which, which is interesting, isn't it? Like you, yeah, you got, just go through phases and maybe the, what's happening here, you know, maybe over, overthinking it. A little bit. So, um, yeah, anyway, let's see what today brings. Yes, indeed. And we've started to receive a few videos from other people, so keep them coming. Um, You can post them on the Ping Skills Facebook page or a short one to Instagram and share it or YouTube and use the hashtag power of practice. That's going to be the easiest way for us to find your videos to judge the winner. So keep them coming. Good work, uh, Ping Skillers. Get involved in the power of practice challenge all right now um i want to talk about the ping seals question of the day yesterday's was 
which team are you supporting at the World Championships? What are people? Who are people supporting, Alois? Yeah, so a wide variety actually of uh, of of uh, who people are supporting. I've just got to get back to it. Oh, there we are. Um, yeah, so there's uh, Greg said Team Canada, and he's got the old maple leaf there. So yes, go go Team Canada. Uh, Naranjan, India. Um, Thad, got to be my home nation, although they won't win. England. I'll get back to you, Thad. Um, and Milos, uh, Serbian national team, both me- women's and men's team, among the favourites for the first place in their respective groups. Yes, yeah, so good luck to Serbia there. Um, Eugene says Malaysia, Australia, China and Korea for men. And Christopher, China, Germany, Sweden, Japan and Singapore. Rob Chung, New Zealand and China, of course. And Pradeep says China. So, yeah, so uh, quite a few following China, with uh, which is, uh, I suppose, to be expected. Um, China being hot favourites for both the men's and women's teams. But, um, but yeah, I suppose going into the um, the World Championships review, um, Thad England had a big win um, yesterday, beating Germany in the men's uh, men's. So they beat them three um, one. Interestingly, though. Um, no Timo Boll in that match. So uh, Timo obviously uh, having some sort of uh, sickness and uh, and pulling out of that match. We saw him lose two um, two matches to France yesterday. Maybe he just got dropped. Um, but, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Germany really struggling. No Ovcharov uh, through his back injury and now Timo Boll not playing as England. Yeah, they're really struggling. Yeah, so G- Germany are going to actually struggle to qualify. In fact, I don't think that they will qualify for um, the main draw, which is just a huge surprise. So um, France uh, <clears throat> France are in um, pole position there. They beat Sweden 3-2 um, yesterday in an epic epic battle. So they look like taking the top spot um, in Group B. Um, Sweden also looked to be in a good position. And then England, who play Malaysia and should have a win there, um, should take third spot. Germany are up against uh, Sweden. But I think even if they win, even if Germany beats Sweden, I think England will go through because of uh, their head-to-head record. They'll both be on the same number of wins. So, yeah, that will be interesting. Um, Looks like France, Sweden and England progress through Group B. Um, In Group A... Of the men's, uh, China way on top without losing a game. Um, Austria had a loss to um, the People's Republic of Korea, um, who look like they will go through. So they were the bottom seed in their group, but have won all of their three matches against Austria, Taipei, and um, Greece, and um, oh, sorry, and, and lost to China. But they just got the one match now against the Czech Republic, which they have. Um, hot favourites to uh, to win that one as well. So, yeah, that's a bit of a topsy-turvy group. Looks like in that group, China definitely will go through uh, and perhaps Austria and uh, Korea. Actually, Austria playing China might struggle, um, but, yeah, we'll see. So um, Czech Republic also doing well in that group. So, um, yeah, some, some big matches in, uh, in Group A. And looking at the other... Um, other mat- other groups. So Group C, uh, Japan, strong. They uh, the 
beaten uh, Poland 3-0, Belarus 3-0, Ukraine 3-0 and Singapore 3-1 and come up against Portugal um, today. Portugal, uh, interestingly, interestingly losing to Poland. Portugal were my, um, you know, sort of outsider for uh, the team that was going to um, surprise people and, you know, maybe even make the final. So, yeah, Portugal uh, having a hiccup early on. But that they is surprising, do, yeah. But they do play Japan today and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't uh, write them off against Japan either. So let's see how how they go there. Um, How's Marcus Freitas going with his spin? <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. Um, let me just have a look at... Uh, so they lost 3-1 to Portugal. Uh, Freitas losing to um, the Chinese-born Wang Zhengyi from Poland. He lost 3-0 there and then lost 3-2 to uh, Jacob Dijas. So, yes, yeah, so a bad match for Freitas. Bad yeah, match. disappointing indeed. result. Yeah, so... Um, so Poland, yeah, big surprise winners there against Portugal. And in Group D, um, so Korea uh, on top, having two 3-2 wins. So they beat um, Croatia 3-2 and Romania 3-2 and come up against Hong Kong today. Hong Kong lost to Russia. Like, yeah, so, I mean, it. I think it just shows you the... Um, the quality and the depth of world table tennis now. I mean, China is way out there on top, but um, from the other teams, it, it's really interesting now. You know who who is going to push forward as the as the the great bridesmaid, I suppose, um, in the, in this event. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So yeah, make sure you check out ITTV. Start watching some of these games. Fantastic table tennis, and it's great that the ITTF is live streaming. Uh, these matches. All right, Alois. Um, any other exciting news in the World Championships? Uh, no, nothing. Nothing too exciting at this stage. But yeah, that, that was just. I suppose that was mainly a wrap up of the men's uh, division A. So uh, the, yeah, the the Australian women um, who we're following doing well, um, undefeated. Uh, they're in Division Three, um, which is probably low for them, and they should do really well there. Um, especially with uh, Jan Fang Lei, a veteran who looks like she might qualify for her fifth Olympics uh, this year, which is wow. huge. Very exciting. Good one. All right. Um, so now moving on to today's Ping Sealers question of the day. It is, can Timo Boll win another open event? Losing two to France, getting older, not playing against England. We need to know. Can T-Mobile win another open event? Let us know. Jump on our Facebook page or go to our blog at pingskills.com. Yeah, and and also, do you think do you think that he can qualify for the Olympics? Um, so, you know, he's he's struggling. He's uh, whether it's injury, whether it's illness. Um, yeah, let's hope. Mm-hmm. Good question. All right. Now, it is Wednesday, so we are talking about the drill of the week. And today we want to talk about the on-table warm-up alloys. How can people make the most of this time in their training? Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting part of the training um, time. A lot of people, when they get on for that on-table warm-up, will just do forehands almost mindlessly and backhands mindlessly. Let's start to think about how we can make this time a bit better. Let's see if we can... 
um, utilize that time to actually focus on something that we're trying to improve. So um, the, a couple of ideas that we give you um, uh, in our um, training drills is that with that warm-up, you can start to think about your balance. You can start to think about things like where you are hitting the ball on the bat. You know, is it hitting in the middle? Is that where you want to be hitting it? Um, do you want to hit it up the top? Or even just experiment and just try, uh, see if you can hit the ball on different spots um, at will. So so that's a really good little um, exercise that you can do. I suppose, you know, uh, you talked about, um, I was surprised with that five minutes um, or how quick the five minutes was. When you're doing mindless forehand to forehand, um, that five minutes can take a long time. When you turn your attention and focus onto something like that, those five minutes go really quickly because you're you're interested, you're achieving something um, during that uh, training time. So, yeah, don't just get out on the table and do, 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 do I'm going to do forehands and backhands and then I'm going to start my training. No, that's when your training starts. Focus on something that you're doing with that. The other thing uh, that we talked a little bit about yesterday, I think it was, was um, not just hitting the ball to one spot um, in that five minutes. So just start to vary that position around a little bit. So you're making your training partner move a little bit. They're making you move a little bit as well um, because that becomes a little bit more game-like. So I suppose it's not just the forehand-to-forehand warm-up that we're talking about there. We're starting to talk a little bit about um, placing the ball. We're starting to talk about um, our movement and balance as well. You know, these forehands, I mean, once you've done them for a couple of years, you can do it easily. So um, let's extend and utilise that um, that warm-up, uh, on-table warm-up time a little bit better. Good tips there, Alois. So, yep, next time you go out and practice, uh, add your warm-up, try and implement some of those suggestions and see if it helps you improve and make that time go really fast because you're so focused. All right, it is time for this day in history, Alois. What happened on the 2nd of March? Ah, yes. Well, it's the birthday of Theodore Seuss Geisel, Jeff, who was born in 1904. Geisel. Excellent. And he did? Theodore Seuss Geisel. What about if I said that he was Dr. Theodore Seuss Geisel? Wow, really? The cat in the hat is back. Yes, you got it. Yes, Dr. Seuss. Um, Yeah, well done, Jeff. Yes, so born in uh, 1904. Yeah, so uh, wrote Cat in the Hat, Horton, Here's a Who, um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So, yeah. Um, Green Eggs and Ham. Green Eggs and Ham, one of your favourites, I know, Jeff. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> all right good one well done uh dr seuss on writing all those great books my kids love them yeah. excellent all right well it is time to turn our attention to the questions and we've got a couple of people who have jumped on to our google hangout and asked a question live on the show so thank you first up is a question from Ilya. he says in practice, I play full swings that create good spin and safety, even in random and match-like drills. But in a tournament, when I make a few mistakes in a row, I tend to play it safe by shortening my strokes. It drops the spin and safety. 
how can I address this? Yeah, it's it's gaining confidence in that stroke, and it's and and it's um, just gaining that belief that that stroke works. So so what happens is that. Um, in practice, you know, you're doing that, the ball's going on the table, you're relaxed. In a match situation, you um, might tighten up a little bit. So as soon as you tighten up a little bit, perhaps it leads to errors. That error then leads to, oh, maybe I need to do something. Oh, I need to get back control of this stroke. And you start to tighten up even more. Trust the stroke. The stroke is good. You know how to do it. You know that it goes on the table. You've just got to start to, um, in practice, uh, understand the feeling of the stroke, understand that that's the stroke that works for you, and then in a game situation, trust it. Okay, the stroke works. Um, You need to just allow yourself to play that stroke. And it's not that easy. I mean, you know, like there are always those doubts that go through your head when you start to make errors in a match situation. So let's... um, Let's make sure that in that ga- in that match situation that you're um, just focusing on making sure the technique stays correct um, in that situation. It's, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not easy. No, it's an interesting question, Alois. Um, and logically, Ilya knows that the full swing gives him better margin for error and the shorter one doesn't because he says he drops the spin and drops the safety. Yet you still tend to revert back to that um yeah so it's an interesting one good question but yeah like alice said just when you when you make the mistake and you miss it try and reinforce in your mind that hey that was the correct technique i need to keep doing that you know maybe i missed that one but it's still the right way just just reinforce that that's that's my suggestion try out a few options and see how it goes but yeah in the long run it's all about the power of practice. Keep practicing and you'll make less mistakes and you'll gain more confidence. So, yeah, keep working on it, Ilya, and great question. Next up is a question from Spam20 who says, what to do with a long and higher ball that has backspin? I sometimes end up with my enemy pushing it very long and high when I don't expect it. And sometimes it's so high that I can't use a forehand topspin or a push, but also too low for a smash. So what to do? He's talking about that sort of middle range, I guess, Alice, just below the shoulder, but not really low. <laughs> yeah, that's, it, it can be an awkward ball with, and it looks easy. And that's, that's often the biggest trap. So if that ball's up here, with um, some backspin, you do need to play a topspin on that ball. So you need to get yourself into position and execute the topspin. So you said, um, yeah, you, you you couldn't play the topspin. That's the ball that you need to aim for. So it might be that moving into position. So when that ball's up that high, um, you do have more time because the ball's higher. So you need to um, uh, utilize the time that the ball's in the air move into positions, step back a little bit, give yourself some space and make a full topspin stroke at it. Even though it's got um, a bit of height to it, you still need to topspin the ball because the backspin um, that's already on the ball. If you hit the ball flat, the ball will go down. So really focus on making topspin on that medium high uh, backspin ball. I think the biggest thing is that is the positioning. 
is getting getting yourself into position and utilizing that time. So you're talking about it being deep. So that means you need to move back a little bit from the table and and practice it. So in training, probably the best way to practice it is with multi balls. So if you can, um, even if you can get someone to feed, even if you've got twenty balls or so, um, just get them to feed it at that height that you're finding awkward, um, and then uh, you uh, practice practice that stroke. But then also start to practice the stroke uh, moving from different positions. So you might get them to do um, an, a nice low push first where you come in and push the ball and then the next one goes up higher and you've got to get back and adjust uh, to that um, higher backspin ball. So, um, yeah, topspin is the, is the answer, but you need to also be in good position to make that topspin. Good advice there, Alois, and hopefully that helps you out, uh, Spam20. Next up is a question from Victory. Um, Brocky's back. Also known as Brocky. And uh, Brocky says, I am trying to learn the yarn of a Voldner trademark serve. So I'm starting off to serve under my arm to get the swing correct. But when I try to do the same without swing under my arm, I just miss or hit the table or it even bounces just one time. Help. Rocky, not sure. You're under your arm, what do you uh, under this arm or under this arm? Um under this arm, you reckon? Yeah. Um maybe. So, yeah, maybe. But I mean you're not allowed to serve under this arm anymore. So Waldner in his day, in his day, back in the day, um, was allowed to serve under the arm. So now it's better if you're taking the arm away anyway. So just you've got to take the arm away and just start to um, practice that serve. So Waldner serve isn't that easy, huh? Um, well, it sort of is. It's basically a pendulum serve. But, um, but yeah, just make sure you're not, um, not getting the arm in the way because otherwise it's an illegal serve. Yeah, exactly. Worth- Get the arm out of the way. I guess, you know, a good idea for starting with the pendulum serves is get that elbow up high. Don't move the elbow too much. Just use your wrist and your forearm. There are a few good tips for you, Brocky. Just get out there, practice, practice, practice. Okay. The next question is from Hatem, who says, does the participation in tournaments help improving one's game? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Hatem. Um, it's... Uh, it's a really good way of broadening the the base of players that you are playing and also watching. So by going to a tournament, you'll see a wider range of players. So rather than just being within your club, um, you often um, get players from all over the, the state or country or whatever it is um, that you can go and watch and also play against. So definitely, if you if you get the opportunity to play in a tournament, um, go and play or even go and watch a tournament to start off with if you're if you're not comfortable to go and play a tournament just go and watch um, and see uh, see the level of players and then um, jump in and and enter the tournament and play some matches as well so um, it's a lot of good fun you might end up there and you might end up losing all your matches but that's okay it's um you've still learned something and you've and you've broadened your uh, perspective of table tennis so definitely get into those tournaments. Yeah, and most tournaments, Alloys, have different levels, so you can find the level that's good for you um, where you do have a chance of being competitive. And I guess, you know, the way that most people measure how good their game is is by their results. And so, you know, going to a tournament is a great way to even 
you know, get an idea of your level. So, yeah, jump in, play the tournaments. Lots of fun. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. All right, the next question is from Timmy. And Timmy says, how can I deal with losing my motivation while I'm playing table tennis? I'm not very competitive, but I want to try to help this problem go away if I start playing competitively. Do you have any tips on how I can keep myself motivated? Yeah, so the the first thing is, don't focus on the result. Um, so the winning and losing, if that if that's um, you know increasing and decreasing your motivation, isn't the right way to go because half the time you're going to lose, right? I mean, on averages, um, you win fifty percent, you lose fifty percent. Fifty percent of people win, fifty percent of people lose in um, in every game. So uh, what you what you need to do is just go in there and have some have some focus as to what you're trying to do with your, with your game. Um, competitiveness is about, you know, it's, it's a lot about um, yourself as well. So it's not, it's not like you've got to go out there and beat someone. It's about improving your, yourself, improving your game. If you look at it that way, it will, um, you'll increase your, um, increase your focus and you've got something to aim at. You can never tell what the other person is going to do. So if I play against Jeff, I know I'm going to win, right? And <laughs> but but um, but one day Jeff might play really really well, and I might also play well, and Jeff wins. But another day, um, I might play badly. Jeff plays badly, I win. What's better? Definitely the day that I lost, but I played better. So if you think about improving your level, don't think about the result. You're going to lose 50% of the time. So improve your level of your game and that's the way to, you know, advance your game. Yeah, absolutely. Good advice there. So, yeah, Timmy, find some things that you can focus on for your own game. Keep working on those. Um, That's the beauty about table tennis. There's always something to improve on, always something to work on in your own game. Hopefully those tips help you out. Next question is from Eugene. He says, why must we put the slow spinny top spin high over the net? Doesn't this just allow trouble that your opponents can attack you easier with because it's a high ball? Why not put it low and spinny? Ah, good point, Eugene. You definitely can put that um, uh, that slow spinny top spin low over the net as well. I think there, to start off with the higher margin, the higher ball is easier to execute. So that's probably the one that you need to start with. Um, and it still can be effective. So uh, just because the ball's higher doesn't mean it's easy for your opponent to return because um, if there's a variation between your fast top spin and then your slow spinny top spin, um, the blocker or that your opponent um, needs to adjust to that. So they will often make a mistake. And it, and it sounds really silly. And I know a few people that I coach as well um, find that re- a really difficult concept, you know, like, um, but if I play the ball high, they're going to smash it. No, not necessarily. Um, so, so the high spinny topspin is fine. But if you can then improve that slow spinny topspin and get it low as well sometimes, then that is also an effective ball because it's another variation that your opponent needs to deal with. So if I shape up for a slow spinny topspin and it's always high, then they can adjust easier than if I shape up and sometimes I get it low, sometimes I get it high. Um, How do you get it lower? 
just by swinging a little bit lower. So instead of uh, so much of a vertical stroke, um, you can just um, lift it a little bit less so that the ball's going um, lower over the net. So experiment with it. Um, it is a it's a deadly stroke to to try to develop. Um, if you if you can develop the lower slow spinny top spin as well as the high spinny top spin, yeah, exactly. Um, I think with that ball coming high, the reason it's difficult is because the, all the top spin, and so the blocker has to really get down on the ball. And if that's a change up, it is it is really hard to deal with. So you get out there and try the slow spinny top spin. And yeah, as Eugene said, try different heights. Yeah, and I think you know the the question we had earlier about the the higher backspin ball. You know, you'd think, well, if I play a high backspin ball, um, the other person's going to crunch it. But it's an it's in an awkward position for them as well. Sometimes, not that I advocate just pushing the ball high, but um, think to yourself about that. If you're if the ball is higher, it's not necessarily an easy ball to attack. Same as if you do a higher spinny ball it's not necessarily easier to attack yeah excellent all right uh victor e has asked another question he says how did waldner get all kind of spin with his serve his serve is basically only backspin isn't it no no he's doing all sorts of stuff with that serve Um, it looks like it looks like backspin but sometimes he's hitting the ball on the way up he's getting some top um, you know, and then he's going down. Yeah, so uh, he's getting all sorts of spin on that, and that's why it's so effective. Variation, exactly. And it's all about um, the different contact points, hitting the ball different ways. Um, if you want to develop a serve like Walner, just get out there and practice lots and lots. Try hitting the ball in different ways. Try getting different spins. Just you know, get interested in in the game and try and work on different variations. Good luck. And you, would, and you would be amazed at the power of practice. Oh, yes, you would be. Nice one. Now, one last question. Spam20 says, is there any modern serve which uses topspin? Yeah, so um, basically all your serves you can do with some topspin. So you can do the tomahawk serve with topspin by just coming over the top of the ball. You can do the backhand serve with topspin by hitting the ball later in the swing. You can do the pendulum serve with topspin by coming up on the ball at the end of your swing. So, yes, um, a topspin variation of a serve can be really effective. But this is not effective. If I just stand there and do that as a serve, it's not effective because it's um, it's giving my opponent too much time to see the fact that it's topspin and adjust to it. So, um, yeah, so that is not effective. But um, use um, topspin with um, all your other variations of serves, and they can be very effective, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the top players use these topspin variations, still keeping the ball short so it would have bounced twice on the table, and then they're ready for their opponent sort of to flick it long to them, and then they can start attacking. So, yeah, it can be very effective. Uh, give it a try, Spam20. All right, Alloys, that wraps up show 232. It was a big show Thank you, everyone, for watching. Make sure you get out and try um, your skills challenge, the power of practice. Pick one of those, the spin catcher or hitting the ball on the side and start filming. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeffrey. I'm off for my five minutes. Power of practice. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye, everyone.